1: Hey, everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because she is back with her purple hair. The one and only Miss Emily D Baker.
0: I'm so excited to be back. I can't wait to chat. So much has happened since the last time we talked.
1: I say this every time you're here and I mean it like I know you have your own empire that you're running, your (laughs) own social. But I really would just take you here once a week. And that's just being that the minimum, if I could, like, I just, I mean, there's I love so it. much to talk to you about.
0: I'm here for it. There's so, there's so much to catch up on and I I love it. And yes, I don't know if it's an empire. I mean, it's a, it's a podcast and a YouTube channel, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very busy,
1: you know, and I don't know now this, I don't know if you're going to be insulted by this comparison. I, I mean this as the highest compliment possible, but like, to me, I get all my pop culture, legal, goings-on from you. I mean, to me, you are like the Nancy Grace of pop culture.
0: That's a very high compliment. I mean, she and I are both former prosecutors. I like the purple hair better. It's not quite high enough to be Nancy Grace style, but I like, you know, I didn't really think about legal commentary being my job until everything shifted in 2020. And then stuff started going off the rails and I'm like, oh, I can just do pop culture. I can just break this down. And our celebrities are no strangers to legal trouble, whether it be criminal or civil, or there's, you know, cookie brands fighting over trademark in Utah, taking over social media with hashtag Utah cookie wars. Like there's no end of, of legal. I mean, we're a very litigious society here
1: in the U.S. We really are. Like there's this new podcast fed up and it's about like, about, like Tanya Zuckerbrod and the F factor. And that was, I didn't realize that was such a whole thing. Like it's like never ending.
0: There's so much and there's so many, I mean, I've found so many great podcasts that just focus on one story or one case. And there are so many of them. And then of course we have, you know, new lawyers every day and we get to watch Kim Kardashian become a lawyer on TV. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. What, how do you feel about Kim Kardashian becoming a lawyer? Look, it's a lot of work. You know how much work it is. Um, It's a lot of education. I think that there's You know, a lot to be said for someone who doesn't need to go to law school to have the access that she has to have the conversations that she does. She's worked a lot in prison reform and wants to know more. So I have a lot of respect for saying, look, I want to do this. I want to know more. And I want to have these conversations and be educated about them. I have a ton of respect for that. It feels like um, in Legally Blonde, she was talking in the show about her dad being like, you don't want to go to law school. Like, law school's not for you. It felt like Woods. Well, like, oh, honey, law school's for serious people who are boring and ugly. And it felt, I, I felt a little sad for her because it felt like she almost got told, like, oh, you're not capable of doing this. So, you know, I have a lot of respect for it. It's a hard way to go through law school. She took three times to pass the baby bar in California. We'll see how it goes from here, but it's not easy. She's got to put in the work.
1: She got to put on the work. I'm like, girl, I would just go run skims and just collect my, dollar I mean, and just count the I, billion I, dollars. And I don't know what you want this for as a former practicing lawyer myself, but here, here I we don't are.
0: Either, but I, I respect that. She's like, when I'm in this room, having these conversations, I want to have the background for it. Now, when she says, I'm going to start negotiating my own contracts, I'm like, oh, don't do that. I wouldn't do that. I don't want to do that. Like, don't do that. But no. wanting to have more knowledge in something that you're
1: working in, I think is admirable. I, I kind of think so too. Yep. I mean, right. So we were talking before you we went on air. I mean, the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp just kind of set you back, right. With all your other work. I mean, that really was all encompassing.
0: It was all encompassing. I didn't intend to stream it every day. I ended up doing live streaming commentary gavel to gavel for most of the trial. When I started, I had intended to cover the stuff I was most interested in opening statements, closing arguments, and the key witness testimony, Johnny Depp's testimony, Amber Heard, and any other celebrities that ended up testifying. I'm so glad I ended up covering the entire thing because I could not have predicted how off the rails this trial would get, how much interest it would garner, and how many little moments there would be in court that are just unpredictable. And I should have thought about it. Court is always unpredictable but not like this. This trial had so many twists and turns and unpredictable moments. It became very memeable across social media and it was wild, but yeah, it was a very busy seven weeks of trial with that week break that kind of put everything else I was covering on pause because it was,
1: I mean, it was day in and day out trial coverage. Do you think like Amber Heard made like one particular mistake? Like where do you think things went wrong or was it just always just gonna end up with a Johnny Depp victory?
0: I think it was supposed to end up with a Johnny Depp loss. I mean, I came into this trial going, okay, I mean, you've got all the money in the world. You go ahead and you sue for defamation. Good luck with that. I thought that there was a very narrow kind of path to victory for Johnny Depp at the beginning of the trial. Um, Amber Heard's attorney, Ben Rottenborn, gave a very good opening statement. I'm like, if that is the case they put onto this jury, they win. And that's where I was at the end of opening his opening. And then Elaine Bredahoff gets up with her kind of scattershot wandering like, oh my God, and then this, and then this, and you'll hear this, and then this is the palette she used. And and I'm like, oh boy, that's a different trial environment entirely. And Amber Heard's own testimony was very uh, difficult. It was kind of overwrought for a lot of it. And she was caught in some really key uh, misstatements and lies. And that, is not helpful in a defamation case.
1: Right. Is defamation just still so hard to win if you see someone for? Yes. So hard to win. But we've seen some celebrities really go
0: after it lately. We saw Cardi B have a big win in Georgia against a YouTube creator. And that was a surprising win as well. And Cardi B's Attorneys seemed very confident going into that case. And that litigation only lasted about a year and a half before it went to trial and came back with a very quick verdict and an over $4 million win. I think we're going to see it more and more as reputation matters more and more. We're seeing companies get backlash for who they're working with on social media in a way we've never seen before. Celebrities are going to be put in a position where they almost have to sue. And we're seeing politicians sue. We just saw a former judge down in Alabama, win a defamation suit against a political ad that was run against him. So I think we're going to see more of this as we see more of a culture of backlash when when society doesn't like people. So I think it's going to become more necessary. I still think it's hard to win.
1: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Is there one thing, one case that stands out? Like, does anything shock you at this point? Like you said, like our celebrities keep us entertained. Like, is there something where you're just like, this shocks me? Like, I can't believe this person did this. This is so dumb just in terms of committing a certain crime or like, you know, just being sloppy and cleaning up the trail. (laughs) I mean, I'm still shocked
0: by the stuff coming out of the Girardi case. And truly, I was shocked that Jen Shaw pled guilty. After how long, I mean, she ran up right till the eve of trial uh, before she pled. I'm surprised at that turn of events for sure. But the things that keep coming out about Tom Dherty still surprise me. It just continues to get worse. Um, and it's it's really staggering to see an attorney accused of all of the things he's accused of, how many people are impacted, how big this, you know, fraudulent empire went with him. It's it's wild. I was not expecting. That like when we got to the tip of the iceberg, I was like, okay, there's going to be a lot. And now that we're two years in, I'm like, wow, there is stuff still coming to the surface. And I was not expecting that at all.
1: It's just like, it it shocks me like how long it took somebody to discover this. Like this went on for a long time. I think it was discovered. I think people were afraid to take him on because
0: of how well connected he is. It took that judge in Illinois to be like, wait, what's happening? No, we're not doing any of this. And to really throw the hammer down quickly. Once Judge Durkin in Illinois was aware that the clients hadn't been paid, that unraveled very, very quickly. But in California, you know, the LA Times has been doing a good job exploring Tom's deep, deep connections in California. But it really talks to a culture of, you know, old boys club corruption where everybody just kind of goes along to get along and nobody wants to call it out because they don't want it to turn on them. And I think people were afraid of Tom Girardi. And we're seeing that in South Carolina, too, with this Alec Murdoch case, it unraveled much faster. Um, And of course, he's now been accused of killing his wife and son and is that's one of the like 87 indictments against him. But there's also theft of client money and all this other stuff going on there where it seems like he thought he was untouchable. And we're finding that um, the the powers that be are shifting. And in the age where everybody can know everything and find it on the internet, I don't know if anyone's untouchable anymore.
1: I say that all the time. I mean, I joke about it, but I'm like, if anyone wants to like kill someone or do something, like there's a digital footprint you're being watched when you don't even know you're being watched. And it's just, I don't know how anyone gets away with anything. Honestly, I really don't the way that DNA and forensics work in today's like, I just don't understand. So don't commit a crime people. Well, speaking of Girardi and Erica, I mean, before she gets this, this whole LAX $50 million racketeering thing. I mean, so where was she before that? Like was her, was her legal stuff kind of dwindling? Because there is this perception, I think, from people, you know, we don't talk about it as much on the show. And there's some little things like, was she still really faced with a bunch of crap before this?
0: She was and and still is. And I think when we're looking at the bankruptcy, one of the things that's easy to forget is there's these two parts, the law firm part, and then their personal part. For the law, they're still married when it comes to the debts With regard to the personal bankruptcy, that judge is not discharging or letting go of the debts after the personal bankruptcy. She's still facing a crater of personal debt from this marriage, not to mention tax debt. We've already seen the state of California's franchise tax board be like, oh, by the way, you owe us over $2 million too. We haven't seen what the IRS has had to say. They're always going to have something to say at the end of this. She is facing not just a mountain of legal against her, but potentially a crater of debt that she's left with. I don't think Erica ever anticipated that at the end of this marriage, she would be left in a hole of debt trying to figure out what's next in her life. And that's what we're seeing in all of these lawsuits. And whether any of the allegations about her fronting for the law firm go through legally and stick, it's the financial damage is already done. And that is going to be something very difficult for her to recover from.
1: So like, what does happen? Like, I mean, you, so like, you know, say she's on the hook for whatever, 5 million, 10 million, like, you don't, you have no idea how much it could be, right?
0: Well, we've seen the 2 million from the, from the franchise tax board. I can assume there will be money from the IRS that's going to be in the millions. It's generally substantially more than what the state will come after you for and then there's still that personal bankruptcy that's in the millions. So, yes, millions and millions of dollars of debt and debt that she might have to go into a personal bankruptcy to discharge some, but the tax boards and stuff aren't dischargeable. So, she's still going to be left um having to work for the rest of her life to pay some of this stuff off unless somebody comes in and gives her the money to take care of it, always a possibility that someone chooses to pay your debts for you, but I think that it has absolutely had an impact. I think it's going to slow her progression. I mean, we saw her definitely on a rise on the show with the, you know, her book and her glam and her tours and her music. And we've seen that completely derail.
1: The wait is over. That's right. A season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Remember the good old days and I'm really dating myself here. I know when you had to like go to your psychiatrist's office and like sit there and wait in the waiting room and it was quiet and you were looking at people around you and you had to wait and you had to walk there and you had to drive there. Mental health and therapy and psychiatry has never been so simple. Now that you're able to access mental health in the comfort of your own device, it's never been so simple to schedule. Talkspace, it's really changed the game. You can send messages to your dedicated therapist and the Talkspace platform. You could schedule your sessions. You can help set goals all from your device. You never have to leave your home. And if you're like me and you travel and you're really never in one place for more than a few months, it's great. You don't have to keep changing therapists. They have thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 specialties, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, Trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food, eating. As a listener of Behind the Velvet Rope, you get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. When you go to Talkspace.com slash velvet. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash velvet. To get $100 off, that's Talkspace.com slash velvet. Right, except for the pretty mess hair, which now, I don't know what that does as far as... So what happens you're making a face. You don't think the pretty mess hair does much. I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, she's got to try to
0: make something happen. She, you know, we've seen, we've not seen a lot of brand deals from her. I imagine that we won't for quite a while. She's got the income on the show and that is going to be her lifeblood, but I don't, I don't know what the pretty mess hair is going to do and how in demand that is really.
1: And then what happens? So, just hypothetically, say you make a million dollars a year, you get a bill for seven million. What they say, okay, you're, we're going to garnish your wages. You're going to work this off over seven years.
0: They mm-hmm. can, they can do. Well, it depends if she, I hate having to say it depends. If she files for personal bankruptcy, which I don't think is out of the question, I don't think she can do it yet. I think she is going to have to wait. Like her future is kind of on hold, right? She's going to have to wait until these bankruptcies with regard to Tom Girardi resolve. And then she's going to have to see exactly how much she's facing and then decide if she needs to file a bankruptcy of her own, because she's not in bankruptcy at this point, and then do the restructuring and the payment plans and the garnishment of wages and figure out what comes next. But you've also got an audience that's kind of torn on watching her on TV. So How long does Bravo keep her on? Because that seems to be her main source of income. There's a lot of unknowns for her and we're watching her navigate it on TV. She just has to hope that it keeps making good TV. But yes, paying it back over time is a possibility. Garnishment is a possibility. But there's also, there doesn't seem to be a substantial amount of property in her name, houses or anything like that. So there's not really much to attach and to say, hey, if you sell this, we get the money after. There's just not much there.
1: And how much, how serious is this new like $50 million? Like to me, racketeering is serious, no? This is a
0: civil RICO case, not a criminal racketeering case. So are they serious allegations? Yes. How much they'll be able to prove that Erica was knowingly trying to keep the law firm going because she knew that money was going out the back door and that there were crimes being committed at the law firm i don't know i don't know what evidence they have that ties her to knowing that what tom was doing was wrong but we've seen um we've seen people talk not just in the housewife and the hustler but on social media on podcasts and elsewhere that she was being served with some of these lawsuits to go and give depositions so how much of a heads up she had is going to be very significant in this i think The parties that need to be the most concerned are the other attorneys that were working at Tom's firm. I think they are going to be more highly responsible than Erica will be, unless there is a text message, an email, or something somewhere that shows that she knew exactly what Tom was doing. And we haven't seen that yet. We've seen her benefiting from it, but we haven't yet seen the thing that says, ah, there it is. She absolutely knew that he was stealing from his clients.
1: Right. And I guess if you're served with certain lawsuits, that could be evidence of, well, I mean, what did you what did you think these were for? I mean, that's
0: exactly. And I imagine, I mean, can't you see Tom Girardi going, this is part of being in law? Like you just get sued all the time. You don't, by the way. That's not the way that should happen. But I can see him just being like, no, this is just part of it. These are just people who want their money. And we saw her say that on the show. Like, oh, we don't even know if these people didn't get their money. Like there doesn't seem to be a lot of empathy there. I'm not surprised, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of empathy there.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I guess her stance is like, right. I guess it's two different things, but her stance is like, I'm innocent. So why should I care? I mean, it was a human being. You should, but I didn't do this. This isn't my problem. Like she shouldn't care any more than you or I should care about the Tom Girardi. I mean, that's kind of her stance, I suppose. It seems
0: to be. And I think, you know, whenever you get lawsuits like this, I think the piling on Erica's like, oh, fine, name me in another lawsuit. And there's going to be some of that. And we're seeing some of that. Oh, fine, name me in another lawsuit. This isn't going to go anywhere. But really, the more people that just name her, even if they don't think she's super connected, is just spending her money on legal fees that should otherwise or could otherwise be going back to the other debts she is going to face, some of them coming out of the personal bankruptcy. So the piling on, I think, allows her to feel like none of this is legitimate because there's a few that maybe are a little bit of a reach, but it doesn't mean that Tom's clients didn't get paid. There's, what, $100 million in the law firm bankruptcy? A lot of that is clients that didn't get paid.
1: And how much of this is Ronald Richards? Like She taunts him, like, I mean, is is this... I mean, you know, he says, look, I'm not, it's not about my fame. I have no vendetta. You know, I just, the victims, the victims, the victims. I mean, where do we feel? How do we feel about that? I know last time you were here, I asked you something and you didn't want to say much (laughs) against him or get into a legal, I mean, Twitter war with him, but.
0: He definitely has a lot to say um, on social media about things. I still don't know what I'd love to hear him say. Is exactly what happened with him no longer being the special litigator on the bankruptcy he seemed very deeply involved in going after erica i think that when you're litigating a case personal attacks on social media aren't necessary they aren't needed it's not my style i'm not here to tell anybody how to do their thing it's just not not what you expect to see from the person engaged in uh, the litigation, I think, it crosses some lines for me. And you saw Erica absolutely rise to the bait. It seems that there are times where she's like, "Look, I I will blast you on social first and think later." We saw that with her doxing one of Tom's ex, you know, lovers or what have you, with putting out this person's phone number, who's now a federal judge. So we've definitely seen her make some quick decisions that maybe have not been the best, and. There's a lot of kind of fanning the flames on that because she does react. And with this latest lawsuit with the Nick Cage's um, ex, which I think is only put into that lawsuit to garner headlines because it's really completely irrelevant to whether (coughs) the plaintiff in this suit was in a car accident, not paid by the girardi Keys firm. How is Erica related to that? I don't know. I read through the lawsuit and I'm like, the lawyers should have paid this plaintiff She worked with Girardi Key. She should have been paid. Is that on Erica to pay out Tom Girardi's clients? No, it's not.
1: No. And I mean, is she so, I mean, is she worsening her case by, you know, this social media taunting? Right. She also told his wife, you know, you're no better than me. You know, Ronald is the new Tom and just wait, honey. And I know things and go get on all fours for your husband or, you know, she like is she kind of poking the bear? Or it doesn't even matter. Like, you know, like if you want this, you don't really want a lawyer. I mean, you and I are lawyers, Emily. I mean, does someone really don't want
0: all the lawyers, right? Like, they're I
1: mean, I, AF, <laughs> right. Like a lawyer has resources in, I mean, piss the wrong lawyer off and they're going to come. I mean, should she just let it be or Hey, I mean, he's coming after her. Why not speak out?
0: It seemed that he was the one who started poking the bear on that from everything I've seen on social media but I also think that Erica's calculation on that is different she is on a reality show the things that go on on social media and people wanting to watch it play out is part of her employment at this point um so again while personal attacks on social media are not anything that I condone or think are okay I can also understand Erica being like I need to defend myself this person is is coming for not just like this was done, but coming for my character, my looks. Like the, the, some of the personal attacks are fairly low. So I can, I can understand from Erica's perspective why she's popping back off. Does it hurt her case? No. Is that stuff going to come into a court of law? No. Can it rile up the lawyer who's already seemed like locked in on looking at you? Yes. But that already seems to be the case. I don't think anything's going to shift. Um, shift the mark of Ron Richard's focus on Erica as being, you know, enemy number one to borrow from Harry Potter or undesirable number one. And that seems to be his sole focus. He says he's trying to buy their house. I don't know how much truth there is to any of it. I guess we'll see if it happens.
1: Yes. He is trying to be their house and buy their house. And she's called him a fan because of that. And it's just, it's a,
0: I I don't, I think the two of them probably enjoy the social media back and forth and people are here for watching it. That is not my preferred type of social media back and forth, but both of them rise to the occasion and push, push each other's
1: buttons on social. They do. Well, as you said, like there doesn't seem to be a lot of remorse. I mean, even further than that, you know, the whole earrings, the $1.4 million earrings, she had to turn them over. Now she's appealed this she doesn't seem to be, you know, going away. I mean, it's not oh, she's not going to roll
0: over for sure. I I don't know, it's hard cuz you look at it two sides. Like the the human part of Emily is like, "Girl, just sell whatever, give it to whoever and just be done with it." Like um you benefited from the things your husband was doing whether you knew or not, you benefited. A point blank period. But the lawyer side of me is looking at this going You don't know how much the IRS is going to come for. You don't know how much the franchise tax board is ultimately going to come for. You need to circle the wagons, maintain whatever assets you can, because you are going to be left with a crater of debt and you have to protect yourself first. And I'm sure that's what her lawyers are telling her, is that you need to take care of you first because no one's coming to bail you out. So I can understand the lawyers fighting it out, but the earrings are just, look, We've seen the check. It's in the legal filings. The check was written directly out of a client trust. It's appalling. So I'm not surprised that the judge said, yeah, that's directly traceable. Give it back. Will there be other things that are that directly traceable? Maybe not that many, but if she's looking at millions and millions in debt, wouldn't she rather sell the earrings to pay off her own debts than have them taken by the bankruptcy trustee? I think so.
1: So I was re-watching Roni the other day because that's what we do here behind the velvet rope. And it was that episode where Leah found the vibrator and the chicken. Oh my God. Did we ever find out whose vibrator that is? But all I could think of was, I hope for Luann's sake and Sonia's sake and Ramona's sake and Leah's sake, I hope that was a Dame Products product. Dame Products will hook you guys up and help you feel good. They have so many options to choose from. There's the Eva. That is literally the first hands-free couple's vibrator. And it's designed to enhance partner play without getting in the way there's also the air it's a suction vibrator designed to well get you there fast and you know having a pleasure practice it's good for you it's not just about feeling good it improves the quality of your sleep it helps you de-stress it relieves pain there's so much good that comes from it and the best part dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. There's no risk. Just go to dameproducts.com and enter code VELVETROPE and you get 15% off site-wide. That's right, site-wide. So you can choose the products I mentioned or any of the others. dameproducts.com, use code VELVETROPE and get 15% off your first order. Yeah, and I think on top of that, if, you're, if your thought process is like, I am innocent, I didn't know anything, why should i ever give over these 1.4 million dollar right. rings they're mine yeah I-, I didn't i didn't know this was client funds that's what how is that my problem
0: and that's it seems that that's the perspective she's coming from and again if i'm her lawyer's it's a you need to you need to prepare for what's coming down the road like this isn't done the other shoe hasn't dropped so if if one of the few assets that she has are clothes and jewelry You would try to hold on to those things until you needed to leverage them to get yourself out of this hole.
1: Yes. Or pay your lawyers. I mean. (laughs) I mean, to your point, I mean, I know you don't know for sure, but I mean, where do I mean where what how is this being paid for? I mean, I don't understand it.
0: No idea. No idea. And and it's one of those things that's so private. There, could there be somebody paying for her lawyers on her behalf? Sure. Could it be something she's paying out of her housewife salary? Sure. I mean, I have no idea how much she gets paid on housewives. It's definitely not something I keep up with. But she's in a ton of litigation, and it is going to be very, very expensive.
1: Right. Like these lawyers, I mean, it could be over a million dollars a year, right? I mean,
0: I I think it could be. I don't think that's wild to think. I'm sure that the attorneys are probably trying to work with her in – awareness of what the circumstances are, but you know, there's again, lawyers, lawyers are not going to go
1: without, (laughs) they're kind of like the IRS that way they're going to get paid. They're going to get paid. And in my experience with, I've sued some people in my time, um, you know, You you don't go very long. There's no nine months until the payment is due, you know. And it's it's you're not you know Nicole Kidman where you know you you say didn't want to pay and you have a great case. And it's there's a lot of lawyers that don't want to be associated with Erica Jane. So I don't think this is like let's just do this for like the credit. Oh, they're not doing
0: it for the clout, right? They're definitely not doing this for the um for the exposure, if you will, and. And it's a rare case. I mean, there are definitely cases where lawyers will take it because it will bolster their image or it will further their firm or it furthers their view of the world or law that they want to see change. This is not that case. This is a bankruptcy case. That's an absolute mess.
1: This an is absolute a lot of mess. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I, I can't get over this. I'm like, how is this being paid for all in? She probably makes like a million dollars in housewives ish.
0: And it's, I mean, it's going to be a lot of legal fees, but wouldn't it be fascinating to be on the backside of all of the litigation and see what's going on behind the scenes? So yes, it would absolutely be, be interesting to see. I don't think most bankruptcy lawyers aren't like, I'm taking this because it's interesting. That's not generally not how they do things.
1: Right. I mean, well, what do you think? Just, do you think that she knows, like, do you think she's innocent? Do you think she knew?
0: I I still don't know what she knew. And I'm, again, I'm of two minds because I can, can I see a younger wife to a powerful man that even other lawyers seem to be scared of not asking a ton of questions? Yes, I can. But does she talk in the book about how she's an equal partner? Yes. But could some of that just be puffery of her trying to um, raise her own status to try to appear not grander than she is, but to try to appear as more of an equal partner and not just the wife that's, you know, getting her American express bills paid for possibly. And so I can see it. I can see it both ways. Do I think Tom was coming home every night being like, Hey, we're sure moving this money around out of our client trust accounts. No, I, I don't, I don't think he was keeping her in the loop that way at all. And I think that because she put it out there that they were equal partners so much, If that really wasn't the case, we're seeing her having to backpedal a little bit and be like, actually, I really was more of a, you know, I pay your bills, do not, do not give me a hard time, you know, show up, be pretty, be fun. Don't ask me any questions. And we're seeing more and more of that. Is that wild to think that that's what happened? No, but the behavior after she found out this was going on is just a
1: little harder to take. She
0: definitely got very defensive quickly.
1: Right. And that's what I think people can't get over. Yes. Do you think, let's say that she knew whatever, whatever, like, do you think that she feels she's innocent? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you think this acts act of hers is like, you know, that's what the lawyers are telling me? Or do you think she really truly feels? I'm just curious your opinion. I mean, you don't know for sure. I don't know like- how
0: much we know. I mean, I don't know how much we know anyone that's on reality TV, but it definitely seems like she feels that this was also done to her by Tom and that she is left in this position by Tom and that this none of this is her fault.
1: Right. Yeah. And do you think, again, you don't know for sure, do you think that Tom did this for her, like for himself? Like, you know, I, I'm brilliant and look at me and no one's going to know. Or do you think this was truly an 80-year-old man, 70 at the time, 60, whatever it is, they're still 30 or eight, like, Yeah, I I can't lose this and look at this woman. This is what she needs.
0: I I don't know if it was about her or if it was about his own ego. Um, Tom definitely seems to have, from all accounts, a very, very healthy sense of himself. And I wonder how much this was going on before he and Erica were married because there are claims that have dated back, you know, decades in this. So do I think all of a sudden he got married to Erica Jane and was like, oh, we've got to get more money to cover this. No, I don't think that marrying someone can make you turn completely unethical and to the point where you are stealing millions from clients. I think that has to be somewhat internal. Yes, it might be easier once once the ball's rolling and you don't get caught to have somebody to spend it with, but I don't think you can take an ethical lawyer and be like, no, just it's fine. Your client's got you know, millions and millions. And yeah, you get 40% of that, but we need a little bit more that it, where this money went is still deeply confusing to me because it can't have all just gone to their lifestyle. It's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Where does it go?
1: Well, that's what people want to know. A lot of people think that, you know, Erica has something somewhere hidden and in the Caymans with army hammer. Is that where it is? I mean, that's what, you know, all these conspiracy theories. What about the fact that, you know, we saw like on the show recently where Sutton's like, I was contacted by a lawyer in Illinois and others, all this like Kyle might be like, I mean, you know, are is Erica a liability for these women? Is that a possibility?
0: I don't, I mean, not legally. I'm, do they feel like she's a liability socially? I think Sutton clearly feels that way. She's like, I don't want my name connected to any of this. I run a business. I have my name and my reputation. I don't want to be tied to it. And I think if this had happened five or six years ago on the show, we might not have seen that conversation, but the world has changed. Social media has changed. Social media will do a guilty by association real fucking quick. And so I can understand where Sutton is like, I don't, want to be connected in this but it was very interesting when Sutton was talking about being contacted by a lawyer so I'm wondering was she contacted by Jay Edelson or Ron Richards like who's contacting Sutton and having that conversation but of course the lawyers involved in this are going to reach out to anyone who might know something and try to figure out what they know and Sutton seemed to be the most vocal asking questions But the women also don't seem to want to face the wrath of Erica and really ask the questions. Sutton and Garcelle are kind of out on their own with that.
1: Yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm like, I assume they're talking about Ronald Richards. He's just calling everyone in the cast. And, you know, I I figured. Yeah, I mean, I'm just assuming. Right. And you think one day, I mean, we could see in Beverly Hills that doesn't have Erica on it, like for these reasons, like you think Bravo would actually get to like, we're kind of done with this. I mean, we know, know. that the ratings know. are
0: good, right? So I think, I think it would take the audience to be like, I'm not watching this and everybody's locked in and watching it, whether they're heat watching it or train watch ro- watching it or just or train wreck watching it, or just wanting to see how this ends. Cause there's no end to this. This is a season after season, chapter after chapter year after year story that's still unfolding. And you never know what's going to happen next. And I think that captivates an audience. You can't make this stuff up. And we see it drop in the press. And then you're like, "Our cameras rolling? It's the first thing we all ask when this stuff happens. It's like, but wait, is Bravo <laughs> is Bravo filming right now? And we want to see how it plays out behind the scenes with the women too. I, I think it would be hard for me to watch Beverly Hills without Sutton and Garcelle asking some questions. Watching everyone else just be pretending like everything's normal and fine would would not be interesting to me as a viewer
1: yeah i i agree i think Garcelle and Sutton, you know are the only two people that are saying this doesn't make any sense i mean in different ways like when garcelle is like wait i mean erica's acting like you know this doesn't exist anymore <laughs> like hello slow down yeah I, I think we're
0: seeing erica go through a, a much more human experience this season and really you can see how much this is all wearing on her. And I wonder if the audience, you know, is just sitting there going, oh, you know, we finally cracked the cold exterior. Now we're finally seeing how painful this is. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that everybody's like, we want to keep watching the downfall. Like, where's the rest of the spiral? But I don't think Bravo's
1: going to say, hey, it's time to pull the plug on this while it's still unfolding. I don't think so either. I think eventually if like, it's the same thing and like nothing, the needle's not moving, people are just going to be like, whatever. We've, we've, we don't, we don't care anymore. But
0: will she be allowed to move on? I mean, does the audience want to hear about her dating life and, and the sex that she's having? Or are people like, look, this is still, until the bankruptcy is resolved, this is still unresolved. So the rest of it feels kind of trite and trivial. And Eric is like, but I have to move on with my life. And the audience is going, well, Jordi's clients aren't able to move on with their life while this is going on either. So it feels like people don't want her to be able to move on because she's not clear of this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I personally think the needle has moved a tiny, just a tiny bit where maybe 5% of the people are softer on Erica now. And I still think, you know, out of the 95% that, couldn't stand her last season. I think they still can't maybe now it's 90% of those 95 that still want Erica to have absolutely no life. That's just my opinion.
0: Yeah. And we'll see how she navigates it. It's a, the, no matter what she knew or didn't know what she's navigating is hard. What Jordi's clients are navigating is hard. Can you imagine being like, Oh, I'm waiting for my lawyer to pay me. And then seeing all of this unravel going, wait, what you're what he, this is funding this lifestyle. I mean, it's just, there's so many people that have been impacted by this. Erica's just the one that we're watching it play out publicly with.
1: Right. And like, look, your lifestyle has changed drastically, but still, again, your bungalow is still 2000 square feet, whatever, however, everything's being paid for. There's still a Range Rover. You still have the assistant and Mikey, whether we're doing it for free or whatever. it's There's hair, some, there's yeah. makeup, there's a pool. I mean, you're still walking around that Gucci bag is not the same Louis Vuitton bag you had yesterday. And I mean, it's, there is a way to strip your life and exist and just live and interact with people and sell a lot of stuff. There is.
0: Yeah. And all I think, about I don't it- think she's allowed to sell anything right now while this bankruptcy is pending, um, so which will be it. interesting to see. Cause she tried at the beginning and they filed a motion. She was selling on one of the like Yeah. Resellers. And they're like, no, 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 you, we have to figure out what we're auctioning. And we still haven't seen all of that complete yet.
1: We haven't seen all that complete. And all I know is like, when you say like, you know, maybe someone could swoop in and pay your bills. All I, all I think about as I watch is like, girl, you better forget about everyone except for that Diana and you need to stay close to her. And, and if there's ever going to be someone rich friends, honey. (laughs) Right. And she has that. That's the thing. Like you're on a private jet heading to Hawaii. It's like her life ain't so bad. I mean, you have these friends that you had before that are not turning their backs on. You have some really rich friends that if they all wanted to put a little something in, it would help. I don't know.
0: And they have stayed around. And I think that goes to, you know, this people I think are still able to say, well, we still don't know. You know, this was what her husband did. So it's, you know, we're here for our friend. Her spouse did something awful. And and we don't know what she knew or how she benefited. And I so I can see why you still have cast members staying around. And I can see why you have other cast members going, yeah, but this is, like, you're saying you don't know if they're
1: owed any money. And that just doesn't feel right. Right. That doesn't feel right. And other than the money, is there anything looming where you really think she could end up in jail, where there's like this criminal element of like, you might be facing time.
0: Not that I've seen yet. And again, if we're going to see that, I think the IRS would be the first place that we're seeing that from. Um, Because when you're looking at other things, whether there was aiding and abetting of financial crimes of Tom, Tom is in a conservatorship. So I don't know if you've got any federal prosecutors that are going to actually spend the time to build a case against him that can't really be prosecuted. So I think if there is more trouble to come for Erica, it's going to be tax trouble and financial trouble. Will that be criminal? Will that be civil? Will that be debt? Only time will tell. There's just not enough information known. But there are a lot of questions about how Tom was moving things around in these businesses. There's a lot of questions about what debts were being written off of what companies. And that all says, you know, tax avoidance red flags. And if Erica's signing those documents, she's going to end up in the same position potentially as Teresa Judice. Because do any of us think Teresa's like the mastermind behind anything that they were doing? No, she's signing the things. She's like, whatever, I sign it. And she ended up in prison just like her husband did. So could Erica find herself in that situation because she signed those and said in her book, like, I know how much we're making, I'm signing the tax returns. That could come back to bite her.
1: Right. It's all evidence, people. It's all evidence. Yep. Well, you know, as they say, innocent until proven guilty. But one person who we know is guilty because she admitted she was guilty is Miss Jen Shaw. I wasn't as shocked as you were, I don't think. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, to me, I just saw the news. What happened? You saw the news that Jen Shaw pled guilty. And then what? Well, did you love this chat with Emily Baker about all things Erica? Well, stay tuned for part two, because we are going to do the same thing with the one, the only Jen Shah. The only difference is Jen Shaw admitted she was guilty and faces, I don't know, lots of years in prison. We talked to Emily. What is the likelihood Jen is actually going to go to jail? How long do we think Jen is going to go away for? What is the show going to do about this? What's Bravo's involvement in all of this? We deep dive everything about Jen Shaw. Does Jen Shaw really, really understand what she did is wrong? I know she stood in front of a federal judge and said, yes, I understand. But does she really? Why is the public, why do they hate Erica so much? They seem to be going a little easier on Jen. She actually admitted she did it. And she's the one that did it, regardless of whether Erica knew or didn't know. Isn't the same thing with Sharif? I mean, if Erica knew or didn't know, did Sharif know what was going on? Why is, why is no one talking about that? We deep dive all of it. Same Emily, just a different person. So if you like this chat with Erica, stay tuned for part two because we are about to deep dive the one and only Miss Jen Shah. Coming soon.